Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. I'm your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about things that are top of mind as you navigate your career or build your business. The plan is to get you out of your rut or talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Here, we speak the truth. Here, we challenge ideas. Here, we give ourselves grace. And along the way, we also have a little fun. Welcome to the village. On this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, we're continuing to talk about reflection and celebration. And in particular, this week, really talking about reflection as a way that changes your learning and impacts how you think about something. There's a reason I call this The Rutledge Perspective, because I believe you change your perspective, you change your circumstances. And as a lifelong learner and as someone who loves to learn, it's just incredible to me. And I celebrate when I hear something new and I'm like, wow, that was really cool. I never thought about it that way. And that's what happened to me this weekend when I finally took some time to do some things that feed me. And so I'm going to talk about this in the context of a podcast or a radio show that I heard this weekend. So reflection and celebration this week is based on a show that I heard on On Point on NPR. You guys know I love NPR. So the show is On Point. And they were talking to Loretta Ross. And Loretta Ross is a feminist and human rights activist. She came up through the civil rights movement. She is now a professor at Smith College. And she is teaching a course on human rights and humanity and and these kind of things. Um, But she's talking about the calling in, the call out culture. And so there were a few things she talked about. And what I want to talk about with you today is this idea of cult versus a movement and this idea of calling in versus calling out because they really have a very interesting context, not only in businesses and organizations as a whole, as a whole but also for us as leaders in those businesses and the things we create and as individuals. So I want to start with that cult versus movement idea. And in business, we often call what we've set up in an organization or what has been set up in an organization as a culture. Here's the organizational culture. Does someone fit into our culture of the business? But I would argue after listening to Ms. Ross are we creating cultures or are we creating cults? Are we creating movements or are we creating cults? And so, for example, if you think about companies like Zappos, whose uh, founder just passed away last week, that I would argue is a movement, a movement around customer service. If you look arguably at a Google or a Tesla, at least until recently, you are potentially looking at organizations that are about movements, about innovation, about really pushing through in terms of information and AI and those kind of things, movements. But if you look at some of the much older, staunch, stalwart organizations, the General Electrics, the Big Pharma, the big energy companies, those that it's a punishment if you speak up, those that have a specific culture that you have to fit into if you want to be successful. Is that really a movement? Is that really a culture? Uh, I don't know. Well, let me tell you why this is important in business. It gets back to what Miss Ross said. When she was doing her work, when she started out, again, she started out in the civil rights movement, and in particular, working with organizations 
where people would try to leave big cults, white supremacist cults in particular. So the Aryan Nation, the KKK, those kind of things. And she talked about the difference between a cult and a movement. A movement being many, many different people with many, many different ideas who are moving in the same direction versus a cult, which is many, many different people with the same idea moving in the same direction. In other words, movements enable inclusion of diversity. Movements encourage questioning and deciding and figuring out new and innovative ways to do things. Cults stifle questions. They stifle creative thought. They force you into this idea that everything that's told is the truth. So if you take that as the context for what I just said, when you look at organizations, have organizations actually created movements or have they created cults, kind of mini cults? When they say they want diversity and inclusion, the diversity piece, the check in the box, that's the cult. Yep. We all got to get more people that are women, more people of color. We just got to do that. That's a bunch of people thinking the same thing, moving in the same direction, get more people that look different. But the movement is including. Not only do we get people in, but once they're here, what are we doing to take advantage of everything that they know? What are we doing to take advantage of the learning and the richness and the data and the innovation that can come from all those different ideas moving towards the same goals and missions? The idea that as long as we all have our eyes on the prize, if we deviate a few steps along the way, as long as our direction is correct, it's going to be good because it'll be learning. So that's the idea that came to me this weekend about this cult versus movement and how it relates to business. What are we really creating as leaders? And that moves to the second piece of this culture of this cult versus movement and then the calling in versus calling out culture. And it attaches to that idea of speaking truth to power. And we've talked about that a lot on the Rutledge perspective. It is important that we have the courage and the intestinal fortitude to speak truth to power, to not only notice, but to identify and call out those things that are wrong or damaging, or even those things that are innovative and right that we should consider. It's important to be able to call those things out. But when Ms. Ross talks about the call out culture, as we've had it now, there's been this movement in our society after the murder of George Floyd and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and many of the women's marches that have happened. There's been this resurgence of calling out people when they're exhibiting behavior that is just contrary to what society is actually looking for. And the issue around this from Mrs. Ross's perspective is when you're calling out people for the purpose of shaming, for the purpose of humiliating, simply because they think differently or look differently or use different words than you or use a word that's offensive, that is not moving forward to, to necessarily some kind of reconciliation. And this is where she and I began to differ a little bit. So remember, as a human rights activist, as someone that came up through that civil rights movement, she says, I cannot be a human rights activist if I'm not there representing the rights of all humans. And a call out culture, the way it is being executed now, fundamentally 
eliminates the ability to move forward with reconciliation, to protect all rights, because the idea of the call-out culture is to shame. It is to put someone on blast, as they say, to make sure that everybody sees this behavior that is abhorrent. Now, the disconnect for me is that when I take that whole idea into a corporate setting or a leader setting, a team setting, if we didn't have the ability to call out behavior that is untenable, that is wrong, that is illegal, that is damaging, we wouldn't be able to move forward in an environment that is able to be inclusive, that becomes a movement instead of a cult, that failure to speak truth to power or the inability or the punishment around speaking truth to power in and of itself creates cult-like situations. You can't say anything. That's just how they are. Ah, he didn't really mean it. You better not say anything because they're going to fire you. And this is why I said Google may be considered a movement, but maybe it's really a cult because they, there was just a big termination. It was in the news of one of their research scientists. And, and now all of this controversy and some of the Google employees signing petitions saying she was not, she did not leave. She was in fact terminated because of a paper she wrote that was contrary to what the company wanted to put out there around a particular issue. So this idea of calling in the call out culture and reining in this shaming or this public shaming of people for behavior is, is an interesting concept in the idea that in order for us to change behavior, we have to recognize the behavior, be aware of the behavior and acknowledge and call out the behavior so that it can be addressed. So how does that connect with this calling in of the call out culture? It all becomes a matter of nuance. And we as a people have a tendency to swing the pendulum, right? We're all or nothing. We are calling everybody out because we are just tired and fed up. Or we're saying nothing. Everybody's silent because it's too dangerous. It's that idea that, yes, we still need to be able to call things out that are wrong and that need to be addressed. But we need to do that in a way that moves towards reconciliation, towards behavior modification, and not just towards shaming and humiliation. Because in fact, that shaming and humiliation can do the exact opposite. It can have somebody dig their heels into their perspective as opposed to different, as opposed to moving. That idea that these cults and this calling out and, and enabling people to be able to say, I'm a whistleblower. There's something that I saw and I do need some level of protection, but we got to do something about this. That is important protection. That is important environmental happening to enable people to really make a difference. It is critical that we, we are able to do those things. And yet we've got to find that balance, that perspective that says, you know, these are different perspectives. In some case, we know that that perspective is just not tolerated here. In other cases, like with me listening to this radio show, it is a perspective that says, I may need to reconsider how hard I'm standing on my position because it may be that there are nuances around my position or movement around my position, flexibility and adaptability to the position that are critical in order for us to be able to move forward and to actually have the outcomes that we want. That ability to say, wow, I am going to speak truth to power because it's important to speak truth to power, but how I speak that truth to power is just as important as the act of speaking the truth. 
That how of calling people out is what I believe has drawn Miss Ross to make this distinction between calling in and calling out. Because on social media, calling out is about shame. Calling out is about humiliation. Calling out is about getting the most viral videos and how many views and all of these kind of things often taken out of context. And yet, it doesn't mean that when you hear a word that is offensive or you see behavior that is offensive, that you should say nothing, that you should just try to embrace that and understand. And there still needs to be room to be angry. There still needs to be room to be hurt and offended. There still needs to be room to process that and then figure out a way to call it out such that it can be addressed productively and effectively so that there is forward movement. So to conclude kind of how this all came about and how I want you to reflect on this year of 2020, the call out culture year, the year of no thing is normal anymore. The year of figuring out just how we tolerate each other because we're spending a lot of time together is Are you creating as a leader, as an individual, are you creating a cult or are you creating a movement? Are you allowing for different ideas in your space? Are you allowing for people to bring ideas as long as that movement is towards this outcome that everyone has agreed is the goal, is the overarching strategy? As you're speaking truth to power, are you doing so in a way that your message can be heard? If you are someone in power, are you enabling people to speak the truth to you? Are you creating a culture that supports that? Because having additional information and more information actually can support your argument around where you're trying to go, as opposed to having these blind spots that can come bite you in the butt later. Whether you are building your career, whether you are building your business, Thinking about and thinking deeply about this cult and movement and calling in versus calling out is a really great reflection point as we start to go into 2021. As you decide how you're going to move into the next year, as you decide how you're going to take yourself and your teams and your business to the next level, it's a really great time to think about how you are showing up. And to listen to things that you may not agree with, but that at some level change your perspective. Because here, that's what we talk about. Grace, conviction, clarity, compassion, and perspective. Because if you change your perspective, you can change your circumstances. Thank you for listening to The Rutledge Perspective this week. I really am excited about this topic. I hope that it made sense to you. And I am sure I'm going to come back to it again. And I would love your comments. I would love your perspective on this call in versus call out on this idea of cult versus movement. It's really meaty and really deep as we think about how we interact with each other. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Thank you so much for listening this week and I'll catch you next time. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, Please leave us a review, send us your comments, give us a five-star rating. We take that information seriously and it helps us to decide what our next episodes will be. Now you can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. 
And if there's someone that you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutler's Perspective podcast, please pass it along.